Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio here on a Monday morning here in God's Zone, Knoxville, Tennessee, just a couple of miles away from, uh, I was going to say Thompson Bowling Arena. I guess it's still Thompson Bowling Arena, Food City Center at Thompson Bowling Arena, uh, that hideously long name, where on uh, just in one day now, Tuesday, Tennessee will play South Carolina, the fifth-ranked Vols, playing a very good South Carolina team. So lots to discuss about the week that was, the week that will be in hoops. Uh, before we do that, how are you doing? I hope you're well. Hope everything in your weekend was good. Hope you uh, enjoyed yet another Tennessee basketball win. Hope you enjoyed, um, you know, it not being covered with a foot of snow. Uh, that was nice. I hope you Got to out and got got to get out and do some stuff with the family, all that good stuff. Hope you spend it with the people that you love. But we are back to business now. It is a Monday morning, and we're going to go over to that undisclosed uh, home, unnamed home studio. Get to uh, Ben McKee. Ben, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Ready for another big week of Tennessee basketball. Yeah, it's um, if the way things keep going the way they have been, it it will be a another big week. Of course, this is a a a tough week. Uh, it starts with a game on Tuesday that will be, I think, um, a lot tougher uh, than than a lot of people probably would understand right now. Of course, we say that, but Tennessee keeps winning by lots and lots of points over there at home. But regardless, uh, a big game against South Carolina, and then of course. Uh, head on up to that frozen blue tundra on Saturday to play the Kentucky Wildcats in, at Rupp Arena in a big, big, big game. We're going to talk a lot about that in the second segment. But before we do that, just quick wrap up from uh, the weekend where Tennessee went across the state to Nashville, uh, the mid-state region. And, uh, you know, Ben, what we saw from Tennessee in that Vandy game, I- I'm not going to sit here and say it was – outstanding because it wasn't it certainly wasn't this team's best but um when you 
are down by nine points late in the first half, and then I think 10 or 11 minutes later you're up 10, you've handled your business. And Tennessee went over there, played an in-state rival, handled his business, I think. Absolutely. Tennessee stood on business on Saturday and continued to own Jerry Stackhouse and the Vanderbilt Commodores under Rick Barnes and uh, got to serve up a little payback as well for last year's loss inside of Memorial Gymnasium when uh, Tennessee really fumbled the bag there in that last 30 to 45 seconds and and then really capped that off with leaving the the shooter wide open in the corner for a great look at three that that won them the game. So uh, Tennessee bounced back and Tennessee's coaches communicated and, and reminded the players of, of what happened last year inside of Memorial Gymnasium. And uh, I, I do believe that was a motivating factor. And uh, you would not have known that by how Tennessee played in the first half. And uh, I, I did say during our full court press, our reaction video that we recorded after every game, uh, I thought that the first half w- was a bit fluky. I, I, I don't have any red flags walking away from the Vanderbilt game because of what happened in the first half. Uh, I thought Ezra Mannion and uh, Tyron Lawrence, South Carolina's backcourt, who is very, very talented, I, I thought they were playing well, and uh, Tennessee was was struggling defending them. And, and I thought that, that you could tell that Tennessee uh, had just had a week off and, and maybe was a bit off of their rhythm because they weren't in the normal rhythm of conference play because of, of not having a midweek game. So I thought it took them some time to, to get going, especially on the offensive end, because, uh, yes, Ezra Mannion and, and Tyron Lawrence were, were issues on the defensive end. And, and, and to me, that was the bigger issue than, than the offensive play in the first half. I, I, I thought Tennessee simply – did not make open shots in the first half that it has been making this season, especially of late. And uh, and there were also times where, yes, the ball was not moving as much as, as you would like for the ball to be bouncing around as, as well. The ball movement uh, wasn't quite what it has been the last couple of weeks. But again, I, I thought that was more of just trying to get back in the rhythm of, of playing competitive games uh, after not having a, a midweek game, after having a bye week uh, of sorts. So not, not the prettiest of, of first half. By, by any stretch of the imagination, um, but I, I, I don't walk away from that game after watching that first half and and have red flags moving forward. I, I just think it was it was fluky, and, and they just needed some time to get going, and uh, Don Connect got them going in the second half, as we all saw. Yeah, I'm not willing to say that, that it's I, – I, I don't think it's – all's well that ends well, right? They got where they needed to go by the end of that game, and all's well that ends well when you win a game on the road. Nothing on the on the road in this league is easy. Uh, we've seen that time and time again. Uh, really, in a lot of leagues this season, top 10 teams have been going on the road and losing quite a bit, and it's just hard to go away from home and win, uh, and I think that's that's an understandable thing. But I would like to see Tennessee more quickly find another gear on the road. Uh, that's something that throughout this season, um, it's just kind of been there. Other than, I would say, Wisconsin was a pretty pretty solid start, obviously. State, when that exhibition game, that was a great start on the road. Um, but they, they've been a little bit, they've been, they've been stumbling out of the blocks just a little bit on the road. And I don't think it is the end of the world because you have 40 minutes of a basketball game to sit there and compete. 
But let's say, for instance, you're talking about, and we're talking about Kentucky and South Carolina, uh, specifically Kentucky and South Carolina in the second segment, but you know you're going to Rupp Arena, right? You know you're going to Bud Walton, which is still, Arkansas is not playing well, but that's that's still Bud Walton. Um, you know, Missouri on its day can be a tough place to play. Tennessee's still got to go on the road and play in some tough venues this season. And I think, you know, got to go to South Carolina late in the season, which people have been losing there all year. So you can't keep starting the way they've been starting on the road and have it not kind of – it's going to be hard to beat good teams that way or better teams that way. And that's going to be the case on Saturday. You're, you're going to have to start better on the road because what we're seeing, I think, Ben, is a couple of things where it's nice to be able to – Tennessee has a club in its bag it has not had before with the with Connect. What, what he's able to do, he can so quickly change a game, and he is sort of the elixir – to the problems that Tennessee has had in recent years when it kind of has those nights on offense where it just won't make a shot. And that is a great thing, but you don't want to have to keep going back to that club every time you go on the road because he might score 30 points in most road games. He's not going to score 30 points in every road game. And if you don't start better – you're going to have a couple losses on the road by the end of the season that you don't want to have. Um, you, you know, you saw that again in you know, UNC, you saw it in, in Starkville, which Auburn went and lost there over the weekend too. I mean, it's just a tough place to play sometimes. But I, I'm not willing to sit here and say that it's a panic situation because it's not at all. They're okay. Um, but I'm not just completely writing it off either because – they do need to start better on the road. They they need to get out of that trend. They they absolutely do, and uh, that 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 would. I I said I had no red flags within how Tennessee played in in that particular matchup, but but mm-hmm. there is also no doubt that that Tennessee needs to to get off to better starts on, on the road. My thought on the road struggles, if you want to call them that, is how much of it is a Tennessee issue, how much of it is a college basketball mm-hmm. issue. Oh, yeah. uh, and I'm not at all excusing Tennessee on the road when I bring up what I'm about to bring up about it being a college basketball issue as a whole uh, because, yes, it is a college basketball issue, but – if you want to win the SEC, you have to buck the trend of the college basketball issue. That that's what separates great teams from good teams, great teams from average teams, great teams that achieve their goals and great teams that come up short. They they don't fall into the trend that everybody else falls into. They they were they are able to adapt and overcome. So Yes, it is a college basketball issue, but if Tennessee wants to win an SEC championship and secure a, a one seed, two seed at minimum, they're going to have to find a way to get off to better starts on the road. But I also, I guess, well, maybe I'm talking out of both sides of my neck here, but like I, I, I do think on one hand, if you want to accomplish what you want to accomplish, you need to find a way to overcome it. On the other hand, I guess I'm also giving them grace because the 
winning percentage of home home teams, just speaking about the SEC, it's it's outrageous. I was watching SEC now as I was working inside of Memorial Gymnasium after the final game went off on Saturday, and I don't remember the exact winning percentage that home teams have this season in the SEC, uh, but it was an outrageous number. It was very high, and according to SEC now, uh, as of right now, it's the her- third highest home winning percentage in SEC history. So mm-hmm. it's already hard to win on the road in college basketball. It's it's even harder than it typically is this year. So I, I think we have to find a delicate balance of giving them a little bit of grace because at the end of the day, they found a way to win a road game in a quirky gymnasium that has produced many quirky results <clears throat> over the last several decades but also recognize that, hey, if you want to win the league, you can't continue to get off to the starts that you have been getting off to if you're going to win in Tuscaloosa, if you're going to win this upcoming Saturday in Rupp Arena. Columbia, South Carolina has not been an easy to play. And like Missouri, Arkansas, they're not good teams, but you still have to go on the road. And Bud Walton Arena is still Bud Walton Arena. Uh, College Station is not going to be an easy place to play. No, it's not. Uh, And if you want to win the league, you got to find a way to win games there. And you're just not going to win games if you continue to to dig yourself a hole within these road games early on. Yeah, I think the way I would put it, Ben, is I don't have any red flags. I do maybe have a yellow flag that I will that I will toss up in the air just to say, hey, like, let's be aware of this. Like, it needs to. There are, you know, it's not just Dalton Connect. It's not, I don't, I don't want to sit here and say that one of the best defenses in the country is just one guy because Connect's at best usually the fourth or so best defensive player on the floor for this team. Uh, He's gotten a lot better. So he had three blocks in that game the other day. He's playing better on that end. I'm not discounting what he does on defense. He's gotten, he's no longer a problem on that end of the floor at all. But I, I just – a lot of that stuff he is doing offensively, but it's hard to count on that being the case in every game. And some of these games they've won on the road, you remove his – you know, you even take his 30 points down to 20 points, 15 points, and you wonder if they would win some of these games. And – because of the way that he gets them going and the way that he gets everyone's confidence up. Now, that's why you brought him in, right? You brought him in to be a guy who can go in there and do that for you. Um, but there are still some guys on this team. I think it was nice to see Vescovy kind of bounce back a little bit on the road and have that couple of big shots go down in Nashville. Ganey hit, hit only a couple shots. They were big shots, I thought. Um, the, the three in the corner. I'm glad Barnes mentioned that one after the game because it was a really big shot. It, it really was. And that was a time when Connect left. I thought Tennessee was only up three or four. And when he came back into the game, they were up by 10 or more. So they went on a nice run without him out there at that point, which was, I think, really big. But there's just a there, there's another level that I think they need to get to. Um, I think that, you know, that there's a couple things. One, they they do need more from, from James. They just do. Um, he, he's doing a lot of the things they need him to do. But he also needs to put a couple balls in the bucket on top of that. He just, I think he does. And Tobey Awaka's got to quit fouling. There's a couple other little issues out there. But I, I think what they're doing right now, it's hard to go win on the road in this league. 
and I don't have too many complaints anytime you win a game on the road in this league. I just think that also if you want to, like you said, if you want to win a championship, you know, Kentucky and Bama not going to lose a lot of games in the league this year. So if you want to be winning a title, you want to be competing for the title, you want to win the thing, you're not going to be able to go you don't get many freebies. You know, you well, don't get to go I, I will and do say that. Kentucky Kentucky and Alabama have looked like totally different teams home and away. Yeah, they have. Um especially Kentucky. Kentucky it looks like a JV team away from Rupp Arena compared to the varsity team that they look like. They look like an NBA team inside of Rupp Arena. They look like a JV middle school team away from Rupp Arena. Yeah, they're way different. Of course, again, they they had to go win at Bud Walton over the weekend, which is never easy, Um, you know, especially. It is with this Arkansas team. It it feels like it's easier, um, (laughs) but that crowd still – you know, it still has some juice in, in yeah. it. Although, any, I, 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 they, they are they have a lot of piss and vinegar right now, but a lot of that piss and vinegar is directed at Eric Musselman. So that yeah. that that's a weird crowd right now. But it, I, I said it myself a couple of minutes it, it, ago. It, that, that's still a tough place. And to when go UK win. goes somewhere, anytime. the team just stinks so bad. Yeah, but anytime UK goes somewhere, and it's getting almost like Tennessee's not at that level in terms of getting a crowd amped up for a game but it's getting in the same stratosphere in terms of people getting coming out and getting ready for the game like in uh, there was a couple people um you know Chip who covers who's covered uh, Georgia for a long time said he thinks that he that may have been as loud as he could ever remember Stegman Coliseum being when Tennessee was down there playing Georgia and Georgia you know, got up by some points and was was on a run, and you know you had a Knoxville boy helping him out there with some shots, and you know the crowd was getting into that game uh, and and really loud. So my my point was just that yes, there are a couple draws in this league that are gonna when you're Tennessee, especially when you're Kentucky, you're gonna you're gonna have some. There's things you got to face that other people in the league really don't have to face, and, and that's part of it. It's a compliment to your program, is what it is. But yeah, there, there's just a, a certain, there's just a certain, there's another level I think that this this team has, and you can't expect everybody to play to be on on it every night. That's just not how basketball works, you know. I mean, how many times, Ben, during a course of a season, do you have just about everybody in your rotation really on one during a game? Maybe twice during a year that you have that happen. So that's not realistic to expect that, you know, styles make fights and and matchups make fights. And some teams have just because of the matchups, they match up better with some teams than others. And I think, I believe this. I know there's a few, probably a few Vandy fans, if they're listening to this, that, that are just tired of hearing this. And I understand it. I really do. But I went back and watched some of that game yesterday. Um, a little bit of it before the NFL games started and Stackhouse, what they do. And I actually also talked to someone who uh, used to work a little bit with Vandy now works somewhere else. I won't say where, cause that might give him away, but talk to him about the game on Sunday and Stackhouse. When he scouted Tennessee, he knew exactly where to hurt Tennessee on both ends of the floor. If you go back and watch, he threw stuff at Tennessee on both ends of the floor that were really difficult for Tennessee to adjust to. Like the way that they gave Ziegler more problems than you'll see him get most nights. 
because of the way they pressured him, because of the bodies they threw at him, and because they have one of the few point guards in the league who's almost as quick as him. And then every time Adu got the ball, he was hounded. And anytime he got the ball off of a rebound, they were attacking him, trying to get him loose with the ball and being physical with him. They knew they got open shots sometimes. They knew where to bother Tennessee. They just didn't have the dudes to win the game. And Tennessee had to make some adjustments, had to get connect going, and then they were fine. But that's why I'm saying it's just a yellow flag for me and, and not a red flag or anything because I don't think Barnes is just saying nice things about Jerry Stackhouse. If you watch that game, you will see that they knew how stylistically to hurt Tennessee. And if they'd had better players, they might have been able to win that game. But they didn't, and so Tennessee ended up taking things over later. But Vandy's game plan against Tennessee was very good, and if I'm Tennessee, now I know how other people are going to attack me for a little bit because Vandy put out a a bit of a blueprint to at least slow things down, I think. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see if Lamont Parrish at South Carolina and John Calipari, obviously, how how they review the Vandy tape and – and apply what they saw Jerry Stackhouse do, uh, because simply put, X's and O's are, are not Jerry Stackhouse's problems. Nope. It, it's it's the recruiting and retention of players as, as well. Um, and I, I'll be very curious and surprised if we don't see the same X's and O's type of things that hurt Tennessee, Carolina, and Kentucky try to implement this week and obviously teams even past this week will try to do the same. So it's up to Tennessee to self-diagnose, self-assess and, and see what Vandy and Stackhouse tried to do and uh, build off of that, uh, build replacements or, or do something differently uh, to, to avoid being put in this spot or, or that spot. So uh, Rick Barnes is a, is a great basketball coach. He, he has a great coaching staff, and I'm sure they've already watched the tape and identified some things that, that they want to change um, schematically themselves to, to try and prevent those issues continuing to be issues uh, down the road. So overall, a, a, a nice win for, for Tennessee on, on Saturday. Not one that's, that's going to be highlighted on the resume, but again, quirky, quirky building against a rival and uh, coming off of, of a, a bye week, essentially, you, you end up getting going. And, yeah, maybe, maybe you had to lean on Dalton Connect quite a bit. But he, last time I checked, he is part of the team yeah. and, and is playing at an All-American level. I mean, he is part of the game plan for, for him to do what he's been doing. Oh, hell yeah. And, and at some point, it, it's not, oh, can they keep getting by on this? It's, no, Dalton Connect – should be in the conversation for national player of the year and, and continue to, to be talked about as a consensus all American. I mean, what Dalton connect is doing, it's not luck that Tennessee is getting by off of him in these performances on the road. And now at home, it's th- this is who he is. He's going to be a lottery pick. He's at this rate going to be a consensus all American. If he goes into Rupp and has a big night on Saturday, maybe he's maybe the, the national player of the year conversation becomes more of a conversation maybe he's able to reel in Zach Eady a little bit with a big performance at Kentucky uh so yeah they needed Dalton to pop off but Dalton popping off is part of the recipe for Tennessee to win a championship because Dalton Connect is that talented he is and I'll I'll say two things before we go to break Ben I think one 
Uh, don't take for granted winning 17 of 18 games against Vanderbilt. That That is, given the historical nature of this program, you know, this is not like the football rivalry in, in, in this in this rivalry. This is, you know, Vandy can be, as everybody knows, a tough place to go play, and Tennessee is the only team that, that goes there pretty much every year. But that still doesn't mean that it's, you know, basketball is a transient sport. you got a lot of new players, a lot of new pieces, and there are some interesting things about playing in that gym, not just the where the benches are, but the sight lines for jumpers. It's just a little bit, you know, some depth perception issues can happen in that building. And and so uh, I love it. I know a lot of people don't. I know a lot of people hate it, just hate the very sight of it. I think it's nice to have a couple of different places around the country. I think it breaks up the the the, the monotony a little bit of the thing, but I I'll, I'll say this. That's this is my second thing before we go to break. I'm not saying I'm not disagreeing whatsoever that Dalton Connect popping off is a part of the game plan. It just it is because if you're going to have that, you know, it's like you know, it's not like somebody says you you play 18 holes on the golf course. You can only use your pitching wedge 12 times. You know, like you can use the pitching wedge as many times as you need to use it. If it's your best club, you can use it whenever you need to. You know, is your rescue whatever it is, but. I just think he he's human and there's going to be a couple nights where he's not going to go for 30 on the road. And you don't want Tennessee to get into a spot where it's just expecting that to happen. And it doesn't have an answer for a road game where that doesn't happen. Let's say he gets in foul trouble. Let's say he rolls an ankle again. Let's say he just can't buy a bucket or somebody has one of the two or three people in this country who maybe could slow him down a little bit defensively. Maybe there's another Jemai Meshack out there somewhere in the country who could give him a couple of problems. I I don't know, but I I do think, and people will learn sort of some of the things Tennessee's doing to try to get him going. And he'll have some, some headaches along the way, just because that's how it goes. You got to stop it. Yeah, no, I agree. Most of the time it's not going to be stopped period. He's but awesome. there will be those nights. You're, you're yeah. not wrong at all. I yeah. mean, we, we've seen it. Uh, Jabari Smith and Brandon Miller, those are the two names that come to my mind the last couple of years who, yeah, they were freshmen, and it looked a little bit different than, than Dalton's story. But uh, the, those are the two most recent Dalton Connects in the SEC, in, in my opinion. And uh, Jabari popped off and won so many accolades his freshman year. Uh, Brandon Miller won a lot of accolades his freshman year last year. But even they – had nights there weren't very many but even they had nights where they were slowed down by the opponent like you're saying and Tennessee was the the team to do it Tennessee mm-hmm. slowed down Jabari Smith when he came in the Thompson Bowling Arena mm-hmm. Tennessee slowed down Brandon Miller when he came in the Thompson Bowling Arena there is going to be that night for Dalton Connect at, at some point whether it be at Kentucky or or A&M I, I don't know exactly how many games are left off the top of my head before the SEC tournament probably 15 or so, 12 to 15. He, he's not going to play perfect and drop 30 in all 12, 14, 15 games that are remaining in the regular season. That That's just not how sports work. Uh, and like you said, uh, and another ankle injury could pop up. Uh, knock on wood if you're a Tennessee fan, obviously, but uh, he, he's just not going to do – He's not going to drop 30 to 40 points every single outing. That That's just unreal, unrealistic to expect. And that's when you need guys to, to step up around him. And as much as Dalton was the show on uh, Saturday night in the second half, I think what separates this Tennessee basketball team 
is that it's not a one-man show. Yes, Dalton was the the main character, the leading character mm-hmm. in the show, but Zakai knocked down a big three right out of the locker room to start mm-hmm. the second half. Jordan Ganey knocked down a three. Santi knocked down a couple of big threes. Jonas Adu started to get to work uh, in, in the post, and they clamped Vanderbilt defensively. Vanderbilt kind of had its way offensively there in the first half, and, and Tennessee – Clamped them and had them in handcuffs in the second half. So uh, it, the good thing is you didn't win that game in the second half just because Dalton popped off, and that's been the case in, in most games. Like, yes, he's been the leading character, and, and he's getting all the accolades, but Jonas Adu, Zakai Ziegler playing at a high level, and I, I think Santi's playing the role that he needs to to play perfectly. Same for Jemai Meshack, Jordan Ganey. Uh, these guys, they're, they're, there's more than one piece to the puzzle. They're, they're not solely relying on Dalton to win them basketball games. Everybody is chipping in. Dalton is just the main character in this show. Yeah, he is. And uh, last thing I'll say, I think there is a – the way that Connect is not just a shooter helps him sort of – it gives him a, a, a deeper bag to pull from to avoid – a couple of dud games because the way he can put the ball on the deck and attack the rim and get to the line and, and score in traffic and that that helps you because it's not like he's just sitting out there shooting 10 threes in a game you know he's not doing that he's really able to get the ball to the rack and score at will a lot and that that will make it difficult so for me it's almost like foul trouble might be the thing at some point that pops up in a random game and gives him trouble but again you win 17 of 18 or whatever it is at Vanderbilt. You you go and turn a nine-point deficit into a comfortable win. Uh, I'm not going to uh, complain too much about that. Anytime you win a, a game on the road in the league this season, I'm not going to complain one bit about it because that's the way – that that's sort of the story of the season. But uh, this season, Tennessee goes back on the road Saturday, and we all know that's a big one, but I'm telling you – the team coming to to Food City Center on Tuesday night is playing good basketball. And if you are Tennessee and if you are looking directly to Kentucky and you are not paying attention to what's in front of you, which I don't suspect a veteran team will, but that could be a problem. So let's come back. Let's go to a break. Let's uh, pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, et cetera. And then let's talk a little bit about Kentucky. But before that, let's talk a little bit about the South Carolina Gamecocks here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. Money! Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Welcome back to the GoVols 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever product, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from his unnamed home studio here on a uh, chilly Monday morning here in God's Own, Knoxville, Tennessee. It's about, what, 38, 39 degrees this morning. Uh, would like it to be a little warmer, but this time of year, that's not always what you get. At least there's not a foot of snow on the ground. That is nice. We're talking Tennessee basketball, and we got a lot more basketball to discuss. Of course, by the time this podcast gets out, uh, the polls may have been updated. We'll see um, exactly when that happens today, usually around lunchtime. But Tennessee is ranked fifth, and I might still be ranked fifth when the polls come out. Uh, Tennessee still a half game back. Uh, behind Alabama in the SEC standings because uh, Alabama has played one more game than Tennessee has to this point. So a quirk of the schedule this season where there's an an open date by week in there or or by midweek in there, I guess you could say. Uh, But Tennessee is right there competing across all fronts, competing for every championship on the table. Big week for the Vols, though. We'll learn a lot more about this team this week, certainly, certainly starting.
starting Tuesday night with South Carolina and then Saturday at Kentucky at Rupp Arena. Maybe you've heard that can be a difficult place to play basketball games for opponents. Uh, but we got a lot more to discuss, and we will do that. Just a quick reminder from us before we do that, a quick suggestion, quick request, if you will. If you could take about a minute out of your day and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, we really would appreciate that. Uh, if you're just listening on the website at GoVols247.com, nothing wrong with that. No wrong way to consume this podcast. It does help us out more, though, if you go on there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Amazon, anywhere in the world you can cast the fine pod. You can find this very GoVols247 podcast. We do this for free, and we are happy to do it. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's too much to ask to rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell everybody you know, tell everybody you want to know. Tell people about this podcast on your socials. Tell them in person. You would not believe how quickly word of mouth can spread around one of the best fan bases in all of college sports. It, it is it is fantastic. You tell them you, you if you want to hear candid conversation about Tennessee football, basketball, baseball, recruiting, honest discussion about all of these things, what's good, what needs to be better, how things look for the future. You can come here to this podcast and you can get that. So if you're already doing all that stuff, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points and may God have mercy on your soul. South Carolina, Ben, let's talk South Carolina. I like Lamont Paris. And I said, when he was hired from Chattanooga, shout out to the mocks. I said, this guy is a winner. Uh, I think that's a tough job, but it's a place you can be okay and I'm not surprised he took that job, but I thought he's going to need time. He's going to need a few years to get that thing turned around from where it was. Even in basketball, where you can get a couple of the right guys in and change things pretty quickly. Like, look at what even Rick Barnes needed time to do at Tennessee, right? And Rick Barnes is a Hall of Famer. He needed a couple of years to get the house in order. Um, and South Carolina had an NBA player on its roster in the first year, and that guy was a one-and-done and was kind of fizzled while he was there because he was kind of young and immature in some ways. So going into year two, didn't have him, didn't have Gigi. Gigi's now with the Memphis Grizzlies. And I thought, well, they're going to be near the bottom of the league again. I still like Lamont. I still think he's got a chance, but I don't think like getting like Miles Studi and a couple of other guys is going to really turn that thing around. By God, it turned some things around, Ben. They, they are playing so much better. I'm not saying they're a great team, but they are a tough team, and they're a pretty good team. Definitely a top half of the league team right now in this league. And this is a challenge for Tennessee on Tuesday night. It's going to be a hell of a fight when they got to go to Columbia. Some teams have already lost there, including Kentucky. But this is going to be an interesting game Tuesday night. Yes, it's going to be a game that Tennessee better be ready to play uh, because South Carolina uh, – will certainly take advantage of Tennessee if, if Tennessee is not ready to play. And uh, they they it's been a quick turnaround. I agree. I, I've always liked Lamont Paris. I thought he was awesome at UTC. Uh, I, was along along with a couple of my buddies, went down to Chattanooga to watch a couple of the Roundhouse. Uh, UTC basketball games o- over the course of his tenure um, because they were such a, a fun team to watch. And uh, he, he has gotten it turned around quicker than, than I expected him to do so. And they, they play – Really solid defense. They're, they're tough-nosed, and, and they have a really solid offense this year as well. Uh, ranked 59th in offensive efficiency and ranked 57th in, in defensive efficiency. Uh, overall, they are the 54th team in, in Kim Palm's efficiency ratings. And uh, right now, they're a tournament team. They, they would be in the NCAA mm-hmm. tournament as of today, and 
and rightfully so because of what what they're able to do on the offensive and defensive side of the floor and, and the teams that, that they've beaten this year. Uh, they, they have a couple of wins over top 50, uh, top 70 Ken Palm teams. Uh, Virginia Tech, who is at 51 right now, beat them on a neutral court. Uh, Grand Canyon, who is 62 in Ken Palm ratings. Uh, Carolina beat them. Uh, wins over Mississippi State who is 32nd in Kempom, and, and Kentucky this past week, who is 20 in Kempom, uh, both of those being home wins. So uh, they are a very formidable opponent, and uh, Tennessee's going to have to be locked in defensively. Yes, South Carolina plays tough-nosed defense, but with Michi Johnson and B.J. Mack leading the way, uh, Tennessee's going to have to be locked in defensively because th- those two guys ha- have been terrific uh, on the offensive uh, side of the ball that they, they've been some of the most efficient players in, in the country so uh, I expect Tennessee to obviously win this basketball game because it is a home game and uh, I, I think it'll be a different conversation as you alluded to uh, when Tennessee plays at Carolina to end the regular season one of the last regular season games the second to last regular season game before getting into the SEC tournament that'll be a tough road test for Tennessee um, but t- Tennessee should still be able to handle business. Uh, they'll have their hands full, but it is a home game, and Tennessee is still the better team at the end of the day. So, again, they'll have their hands full, but it- it's a game that-, that Tennessee should win. Yeah, I tell you, Ben, every time I look at those final four games on Tennessee's regular season schedule, I start thinking about how Tennessee better keep putting wins in the bank now if it wants to win the league because those final two weeks of that schedule are brutal. Um, and you would expect Tennessee to at least go two and two in those games. But my point was South Carolina was supposed to be the layup of the bunch. Um, and now going to Columbia at ain't a layup. This is a 17 and three basketball team. And again, there's differences in the schedule, right? Like Tennessee's schedule is right now. Let's see Tennessee's just for, just for comparison's sake, Tennessee in the non-conference schedule, played a top 20 non-conference schedule across the board. Some have it around 20, some have it a little higher, wherever it is. South Carolina's non-conference strength of schedule was 329. And overall, Tennessee's schedule is ranked sixth in the country. It went down from, I think, three. Uh, it went down from three to six when it played at Vanderbilt. Thanks for your contribution there, Vandy. Uh, and South Carolina's is 133rd, I believe. So you're talking about two drastically different schedules. But you're talking about a 17 and three basketball team, and if you're you can get on your schedule whoever you can get, you know that it's not like South Carolina gets to go to places like Maui and things like that. They're not in that list of teams that get to go to that tournament. You know what I mean? Like they schedule who they can schedule. They get what they can get what they can get, and they play the teams in front of them. And I also think in the second season that you know Lamont's been there. They're they're trying to kind of get some, you know, he hasn't been there very long anyway, and they're trying to to build a culture and get some wins. But anytime you have a team that's played 20 games and won 17 of them, they're used to singing in the locker room. They're used to dancing in the locker room. They've started building winning habits, and they're not as tested maybe as other teams would be, but they're used to winning, and that's a powerful drug. That, that, that can really change a culture quickly. So sometimes you can put together a schedule that you know isn't as tough and you know it's going to give you a tougher draw to get to the tournament and all these other things, but you're trying to build a culture. 
And I think they're they're starting to they feel like they have a culture now with that program. The way they're playing, like the that feels like they're together certainly more than they ever were last season where that was that was ugly at times. And and so that happens when you're going through adjustments. But if Tennessee takes care of business at home, this is still a comfortable win, probably. I mean, good teams. I mean, Alabama came to Knoxville, got its ass kicked. Ole Miss came to Knoxville, got its ass kicked. Illinois, that was a good basketball game. That's a really good basketball team. Tennessee won that game. Tennessee's going to be hard to beat in Knoxville. It just is. Um, the crowd's going to be up and fired up for the game. And, you know, I get it. But they can't just be looking towards Saturday just yet. And I think it's probably good for them that this game is on a Tuesday and not a Wednesday. Famous last words, maybe, for me. But I think just going ahead and, and keeping guys dialed in for a day or two, getting this game, and then you can kind of get ready for Kentucky, I think that helps because you have a couple more, you know, an extra day or so just to sit around and worry about, are they thinking about Kentucky yet? Just go ahead and go from Vanderbilt, go play South Carolina, take care of business, and then worry about Saturday. I just, I'm glad for their sake this is a Tuesday game and not a Wednesday game. Maybe it doesn't matter, but I feel like it does. No, I, I think it'll be good in terms of having an extra day of rest uh, for Kentucky. Uh, I, I would have a, I, I would rather have an extra day of rest for Kentucky coming out of South Carolina than an extra day of rest for South Carolina coming out of Vanderbilt uh, because mm-hmm. I think South Carolina is, is a more physical team than Vanderbilt, and, and I think that you, you're going to need an extra day. And like you said, you make a great point of that. that's one less day you have to worry about uh, them worrying about Kentucky because it is such a, a quick turnaround. You, you get Sunday and Monday without a game, and then it's game day again. And uh, Kentucky still feels a, a bit away at this point because South Carolina, that game is already here. I mean, it, it's about 28, 38, 28 to 30 hours away uh, from tipping off at, at this point. That, that's a very quick turnaround. And I, I would be surprised if, if this team does get caught looking ahead to Saturday uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, a, a very veteran-laden team Tennessee has, as we've talked about all season long. Uh, Jonas Adu, Zakai Ziegler, Santi, Josiah going right down the list. I mean, they, they, they've they been through this grind. They they, they understand the grind and, and what it takes to, to beat South Carolina and also beat Kentucky and you do that by not getting too far ahead of yourself and staying where your feet are at, at that moment and right now Tennessee's feet are preparing for South Carolina so uh, I, I would be surprised if if such a veteran group gets caught looking ahead especially considering that South Carolina is a really good basketball team it's not like it's playing last year's South Carolina team that was atrocious this is a good South Carolina team and I do believe that it has their attention and uh, I did ask Dalton Connect in the midst of the postgame chaos uh, his thoughts on, on the week ahead because it is such a fun week that has arrived with a good game against South Carolina on the schedule and then uh, going to Rupp Arena and playing in prime time on Saturday, 8.30 on ESPN Saturday night, Tennessee, Kentucky in Rupp Arena. Duke and North Carolina are leading in to Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, imagine that. that. That is the world – that we live in now on a Saturday. Yes. The six o'clock start for Duke, North Carolina is more of a prime time spot because some will go to bed during Tennessee and Kentucky's game, even for a Saturday night, but still 
That that's my narrative. That Duke and, and North Carolina are leading into Tennessee, Kentucky. That's my narrative, and and, and I'm sticking to yeah, it. Yeah, stick to it. Uh, but when I asked Dalton about that, uh, he acknowledged that that is that it is a fun week ahead. But he, he made two comments about they they got to get through South Carolina first and can't overlook South Carolina. So I would be surprised if they get caught looking ahead. Yeah, I would too. And I think that's why instead of talking about Kentucky right off the top. I thought talking about South Carolina would work a little better because that's how Tennessee's head needs to be as well. Not that it matters. You know, we could talk about whatever we want to talk about. They need to think about whatever they need to think about. But uh, I think it's a good example for sort of where the headspace needs to be right now. But we've done that, and um, we've talked about you, South Carolina Gamecocks. We have talked about your improvements and what you've done and how much both of us like your basketball coach. Now we can peek a little bit at Kentucky because, my God, goodness that looks fun um as soon as i saw the kentucky kind of get some of those talented pieces back and start to play a little bit better basketball like to the level it could play at there have been times this season and i mean this there have been a couple times this season where kentucky looked like it might be the best team in college basketball and there have been a few nights where i thought what the hell is this team doing and that's part of it. You got a lot of new guys in there. That's just the culture. It's different. But um, now they got what? They might have all three seven-footers back now. Things are starting to maybe get a little bit in, in focus for them. And they've got some some pieces that could give Tennessee some major issues. And, and I'm telling you now, Ben, I know Tennessee fans don't like hearing this. And I'll be honest, right now, if the season ended right now, Dalton Connect is the SEC Player of the Year. He wins that award. There's no doubt in my mind whatsoever about that, and he's a first-team All-American. However, he is not going to run away completely with the League Player of the Year because there are a couple guys who are going to be there in that conversation throughout the season. One of them is Mark Sears at Alabama. The other one, Antonio Reeves at Kentucky. He is going to be right there in the conversation, and if Tennessee goes to Lexington, connect struggles, and Breeze puts up a 25, 30 burger or something like that, that conversation could start changing again. I'm telling you, Reeves statistically is in the ballpark. And what he's doing and his ability to play the game, he's going to be in that conversation. It's not like this is not a fait accompli at this point. There's still work to do, but uh, Connect wins it right now, no doubt. But uh, Sears and especially Reeves are right there. I don't think they're right there, uh, given what Dalton Connect has has done this season. I I think they're having great seasons, but I, I I do think Dalton Connect is is quite a bit ahead of them as of Monday, January 29th. Now, like you said, if if Dalton goes into Rupp and lays an egg and Reeves pops off, then that that gap has closed all of a sudden. But I, I just don't think anybody can be close to Dalton Connect right now when the guy's averaging 30 on the road in multiple conference games i agree but i know how i know how voters look at things and they'll look at just numbers a lot of people will well isn't that a number no it is but you know how you know how it is when people start voting for things there are a lot of people ben you and i don't do this you know a lot of people will just look at okay look there's only about 0.5 difference in points per game without any context of, of beyond that to tell you how different those guys have been in league play but my point was, I just I don't think that's just a narrative people are trying to push. I'm not trying to push it. I think Connect wins it, but 
I think Reeves is sort of in the ballpark. He's in the ballpark, but he's he's in the bullpen right now, and Don't Connect is at the plate. Uh, so I, I or Don't Connect's at the plate, and Reeves is is under under the clubhouse, under the stands, in in the tunnel, in in the batting cage, warming up. There you go. Uh, so I, I look Reeves and Sears are having great seasons. I, I just I, I don't want to give Sears the tip of the hat right now after he came in and laid an egg in Knoxville a week week and a half ago. Uh, and and Reeves again, he's having a great year, but I, I just don't think he's having. Don't connect it an All American right now. Kind of yeah, speaks is. for itself. And Sears is playing through what connect. When Sears was in Knoxville, he, he had some of that sort of ankle issue that connect had had for a couple of weeks he was battling through that so i'd give him just a tiny bit of grace for what happened in knoxville plus that's what happens to everybody in knoxville th- these days but yeah i i just kentucky on a team where they've got a lot of options who can score the ball and who can hurt you for him to be that fairly consistent to me is impressive um and i think he's a tough matchup in some ways for tennessee because this is kentucky's got one of those teams ben where you know, you got to figure out exactly where you want to deploy Agent Meshack because there's a lot of different places you could deploy him, um, you know, based on what's needed. Like, I don't think there's going to be a clear cut, hey, this is mostly your guy kind of deal because I think it might be who who starts popping off and that's where you're going to put Ziegler and Meshack because there's going to be some, you know, because I think it, what game was it? Was it, um, was it Bama where Meshack played? Like, a lot more than normal, like 30 something, 30 minutes, something, almost something like that. There have been times where, because of Sears, you know, he played that much in that game. And I think against Kentucky, you're going to see a lot of Mayshack too, because he's going to have to guard, you know, him or Shepard or somebody. Yes. Jemai Mayshack is, is going to be critical uh, on Saturday uh, because there, there's Shepard, there's Reeves, there's several other freshmen that are having strong seasons. Yeah, Dillingham's great. Yep, DJ Wagner. I mean, they they have several several players uh, that that Tennessee is going to have to worry about, and they they have the three seven footers. Jonas Adu is going to have his work cut out uh, for him. Now, I think Jonas Adu will be the best post player on the floor Saturday night. But uh, Kentucky, uh, until Jonas Ad or uh, until Tobey Awaka stays out of foul trouble, and until uh, JP Estrella can can contribute more than five to seven minutes and and look they were five to seven good minutes at Vanderbilt he, mm-hmm. he's he's been good but Kentucky Tennessee has the best post player Kentucky has the best depth in the post and more depth in the post ha, has strength in numbers so to speak so uh it it's going to be a fascinating game uh, I, I haven't dove into the matchup completely yet uh, because like Tennessee I am focused on South Carolina uh, my thought on the Kentucky game this this far out, given that there's a game in between now and then, is I, I'm just really excited to see what Don Connect does inside of Rep Arena mm-hmm. with the entire country watching. That, that that's been my thought on, on Sunday and and now on, on Monday as, as we uh, prepare for for South Carolina on Tuesday night. That that's that's been my thought is just what is Dalton Connect going to do, and if if he goes into that place where Kentucky again has looked like an NBA team this season and he pops off like he's been popping off. Hey, he's going to cement his Tennessee legacy even further, even if it is just the the beginning of February B 
He, he is going to continue to cement himself as a consensus All-American, the SEC Player of the Year at this point, and reel in Zach Eady a little bit in that National Player of the Year discussion. That, that, that's got me going on this Monday. It's just how excited I am to, to watch Dalton Connect play in Rupp Arena on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm looking now. I'm looking back at, at like, because the, the last few Tennessee, like, SEC Players of the Year, I don't remember Grant having – Grant Williams having like a huge game um in at Kentucky at one point I'm looking he had 16 points there as a junior he had 10 points there as a sophomore and as a freshman at UK he had 8 points so he never really popped off um but I remember the before that the the, mo- the more recent um SEC players of the year from Tennessee uh, Chris Lofton we all know he popped off in Rupp everybody remembers that Ron Slay also popped off and Rupp at least once. He was an SEC player of the year. Uh, when Tennessee players go there and pop off, they that's usually a good year for Tennessee, and usually uh, some hardware is coming that player's way. There's history sort of it has a roadmap for that. So, yeah, I think that um, there's also been really weird moments there, like the time that Ronaldo Woolridge hit like four threes at, at, at UK. Like funny things have happened, but um, I think – what he does against a Kentucky team that occasionally does not care about defense, I think it'll care more about defense that night because of how many scouts are going to be in the building. I think you'll see a, a step-up effort at least. It'll just become a matter of can they physically do it because mentally, psychologically, they're going to be locked in for that game to play defense. If They know that if they're not locked in, that connect might go for 40 plus on them. They know that's a possibility and they don't want that to happen, but they are what 70th, 75th nationally in defensive efficiency, something like that. Very good. Offensively, defensively, uh, not so much. They do not, they do not want to guard. They just do not that they're it's, it's slightly different stylistically from Alabama, but the same general tenor, like they just don't want to guard. They, they don't want to guard for the full shot clock. Uh, if you you can hurry back and beat them in transition because they're looking to get out and run every time because they want to put the ball in the bucket in two seconds. That's what they want to do. But they don't stop that going the other way, you know, because there's that whole thing about, you know, sometimes you press a pressing team because they don't like it. Um, Well, because it used to be don't press a pressing team. Now sometimes it's, no, you do press a pressing team. Kentucky likes to get out and run, but you can get out and run against Kentucky. You really can, because as fast as they are going forwards, they're not always as fast going backwards. You, you you see that pretty quickly when you watch them play, and sometimes just physically, they're not physically tough with the ball. They they have some issues where they can be bothered, and so physically, Tennessee's got some more grown men. I think Tennessee's going to be able to muscle a lot, but that comes down to how well we'll talk about this on Thursday, but. Are they going to be able to play physically in that building? That's always a question. Who's who's officiating the game and how are they going to officiate it? Because if Tennessee can play physically, Tennessee's going to like that. If not, that makes it tough. Uh, and that also makes it tough to keep Tobey Awaka on the floor for more than five or six minutes a game because he'll foul out if you play him five or six minutes a game right now, it seems like. It's just silly how many fouls he's committing. And that's it's not even close. He's like more than two fouls per 40 above where Plavsic was last year. That's got to stop. That's got to stop. Uh, they, they, they need more minutes from him on Saturday. They're, they just do. 
and they could m- maybe use it against a physical South Carolina team on Tuesday, but he's got to get that straightened out. He that 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 is, you know, Barnes is starting to. Have you noticed how Rick's, you know, mood and discussing that has changed a little bit, Ben? Like he's gone from like you know, even in the past week, he's gone from yeah, he's a really physical guy. He's going to get there. You know, we just you got to work on a couple things. And then after Saturday, it's like he's just fouling too much. He's got to stop fouling. Like at some point, they're going to have to something's going to have to give there. And I don't know what because he's a tank, but something's going to have to give. Yeah, they they need more post depth. I mean, it, it's as simple as that. They, they need to get to where they're going. If if they're going to run into a Zach Eady or a Hunter Dickinson or Armando Baycott or hell. Tolu Smith again. Mm-hmm. If, if they're going to run into them in the NCAA tournament or somebody like that in the NCAA tournament, it's going to take more than Jonas do. And uh, I, j- I just said a moment ago, Kentucky, those three seven-footers are, are young and wet behind the ears, and, and they're not playing to the level of Jonas do, but they have depth. Tennessee does not have depth. And, and for Tennessee to win a championship, it, it needs depth in the post because you, you got to win six games to win a national championship. Jonas Adu, Tennessee would be very lucky if Adu stays out of foul trouble in all six games of the NCAA tournament. It's possible, but it, I would consider that uh, to, to be the luck falling on your side that you need in the NCAA tournament. But you you need to develop that depth just to be on the safe side. You, you need to be able to rely on Tobey Awaka when it comes postseason time. It, it's as simple as that. Uh, he is still young. Uh, he he is still a little wet behind the years. He's still growing. He's still improving. There, there's still a lot of basketball left to be played in the regular season. Uh, so there's time for him to get there. I think again, you're you're not asking Tobey to give you the production that Jonas is providing. You're just asking him to be a physical presence and go in there and get rebounds and defend and make the easy buckets that that come your way on the offensive end. You can do all of that. You can be that physical presence and grab rebounds without the fouls. You can. And uh I I I don't I'll be honest, I don't have a ton of confidence that that he is going to get there this season, but there's no doubting that Tennessee needs him to get there uh because you need more than one post player. I, I think, to win a championship. Again, you don't need him producing like Jonas, but you need him to be able to contribute. And and not only because you don't know what's going to pop up, but Jonas can't play 35 to 38 minutes every single night. He he can't. He, he will wear down. Um, maybe you do that in the postseason, obviously, because it's the NCAA tournament and everything's on the line. Your season's on the line. Of course, you play Jonas a lot of minutes in, in those games. But building up to then, I don't think you can go into the NCAA tournament knowing Jonas is going to play 35 to 40 minutes a night after he has played 35 to 40 minutes a night for the last three months. To me, that's not a great recipe. No, it's not. And, and I think, uh, you know, because there's just so many arms and legs there with do that you start to worry. But even like, you know, Barnes mentioned it, and I'm glad he did, about Mayshack's offensive rebound in the second half. I tweeted that as, and put it on the board as soon as it happened. Uh, as soon as Meshack got that board, because it was one of the most impressive plays of the night that led to a second-chance bucket. It was a huge, huge rebound. But even in that first half, when when Awaka played less than two minutes before getting a second foul, even in that stretch, 
He picked up an offensive rebound in a, in, a, in a crowd, went up against multiple defenders, got the ball, kicked it back out. They got a three, and they needed that three. And that was the stuff Awaka can give you. Like, that. that's... You know, that, that that stuff leads to second-chance points. That stuff, it does show up a little bit in the box score, but it won't look like, if you just look at a box score, that Awaka did that. But Awaka did that. He did that. And that's the stuff that he absolutely can give the team. Um, and he also can score around the bucket. He's gotten a lot better at scoring around the bucket. Uh, he was starting to get into a little bit of a flow before the foul trouble got really, really bad recently. And so... You're right. I mean, I'm not assuming that it's going to happen, but the last thing I've got before we get out of here is to give credit again to Estrella for those whatever five, six minutes that were he gave Tennessee in the first half. Um, because if a walk is going to keep getting in foul trouble, they're going to need him. And you know who else knew they needed him? Zakai Ziegler, who gave picked up his phone recently, called J.P. Estrella and said, dude, we, we got to talk about this. I need you to help this team more. Here's what you can do. Here's what you're not doing. I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. I need you to do it. And um, that sounds like leadership, doesn't it? Sounds like uh, Ziegler went out there, coach on the floor, and uh, or actually coach on the cell phone, I guess, in this case. And uh, he, he got he, he helped unlock something there with the big man. Yeah, they they Zakai. If if you heard his post game press conference, in a nice way. And Zakai is not going to say this publicly, but privately he was telling J.P. Estrella, you need to be tougher. Mm-hmm. That, that, that's that been Tennessee's message during practice throughout the course of this season. I mean, going back to the North Carolina game when he was trotting down the court. And uh, I, I, I said it at the time, I, I don't think he was intentionally playing without effort when he checked in and jog back down the court to get back on defense and I, I think it was Baycott who had an easy bucket because he was a free runner JP yeah. was jogging down the court and it he did not play with effort in that moment but he wasn't intentionally playing with effort it, it was just he, he had a lapse of of judgment that 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 wasn't reflective of the player and the young man that he is is, is what I remember saying at the time mm-hmm. it, it's just him realizing that this, this is a different level and and you can't coast like you were able to do in AAU and in high school because you were bigger than most everybody and you were just more skilled than practically everybody you played against. And there were moments where you could coast and 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 leave energy in the tank, preserve energy. You can't do it, do that at this level, not not to win a championship. So um, that that's been the message to JP this season is is you got to get tougher, man, and 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 give. Because there have been moments, especially in practice, watching him go up against Tobey and Jonas, where they just have their way with, with JP. And um, I, I think that's what Zakai was saying nicely publicly, is that, hey, man, you you, you can't continue to give up easy baskets. You're, you're not going to play. So if you want to play, you got to stop doing it. And then from a team perspective, we need you. We, we need to develop depth. Uh, so I, I thought that was great leadership. And the best teams, that is the type of leadership that the best teams have. The teams that accomplish their goals, the teams that have the best leadership, they have the guys that are not afraid to get on to their teammates. And Zakai is exactly that. And, and I've seen, I can think of a of an instance in my head right now of Zakai getting after JP in practice in a not-so-nice way. And, and – 
this applies to Cade Phillips as well. If if Cade wants to to earn some minutes down the stretch at some point as well, they they need those guys to to be tougher. Not saying that they're not tough or that they're soft or, or not trying to allude to that, but it's just to play at this level, they just have to take it up a notch and, and, and get into another gear. And that's what Zakai has and the coaches and, and the rest of the team have, have been communicating to those freshman forwards is like, hey, we, we need y'all to, to step up and, and de- develop. And Zakai was showing great leadership in that sense. And I very much appreciate that. And it's not just Zakai. There, there's several players on the team. He's not afraid to to get on to guys, and he, he does it in the way that you're supposed to to go about getting on to somebody or or getting on to a peer. You you can you can correct a peer and not do it disrespectfully. And Zakai does a good job of not being afraid to tell somebody something, but not doing it in a disrespectful manner to where they they hear the tone and not the message. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, challenge slash rip privately praise publicly and that's that's what he's done um because you know barnes is not built that way barnes is just challenging everybody all i was the time. as you were saying that i was thinking it's rick barnes 2.0 yeah because 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 barnes will just say whatever he wants whenever he wants whoever wants to hear it or doesn't want to hear it he's just going to say it so it's nice to that a player can take a different tack and, and sort of say hey like you know you keep some of your criticisms private and then when somebody does what you want him to do praise him to anyone who will listen publicly and that's what Ziegler did as soon as that game ended and he went out of his way and so did Barnes and everybody else to say hey Estrella gave us what we needed and, and that was that was important for them to say that and they did and so I think that's that's big news for Tennessee we'll see if more of that stuff happens throughout the week uh, polls will come out Obviously, later today, we'll have poll updates on the site. Tennessee is going to have uh, interviews before practice. I know Barnes is talking. Who else is talking? Do you know, Ben, offhand? Do you remember? It is Rod Clark speaking. Ooh, Rod Clark. Ooh, nice. And uh, Santiago Vescovi. Ah, Rod Clark and Santiago Vescovi. So um, uh, Rod's good to talk to. Santi, if he's in a mood, good mood, will give us some good stuff. And uh, we will have coverage from that on the side at GoVols 24-7, we'll have more stuff about getting ready for South Carolina. Uh, and then it'll be clearing the deck for, for Big Blue on Saturday. Really, we'll have a bunch of coverage for that one, as we always do. Uh, we'll be up there, certainly. And uh, big week for Tennessee. Big, big week for Tennessee, Ben. Lots, lots, uh, lots of positioning that can happen in the league and stuff this week. So uh, you got anything else? I'm good to go. Thanks, Wes. Awesome, man. Thank you. And uh, I think we'll leave it there. Thanks, Ben. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247 where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, 
Go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock. Got the checkerboard and the summit where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial-free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.